And it's another episode of Essential Dynamics, starring Reed McCollum, featuring Reed McCollum. I'm your host, Reed McCollum, and uh, I'm here with the Essential Dynamics creator and thought provider, uh, Mr. Derek Hudson. Are you there, Derek? Hi, Reed. I'm here. Um, just one of me, not like there's three of you, but I'm here. Excited. <laughs> excited about our guest and the topic. Yes, I'm I'm having a good time today. I really appreciate your including me on this. My uh, our guest today is my good friend and uh, Derek's uh, first cousin, uh, John Hudson, who is the artistic director of the Shadow Theater Group, which is here in Edmonton. It works out of the Barscona Theater in the Strathcona area, uh, just uh, just ahead of around White Avenue, just eighty uh, third Avenue. I think we're on. And uh, John, are you there? Are you welcome. I here? am. Check, 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 check. Good, good. Yeah. I'm glad. Derek, what would you, we we've been talking to John earlier on an, in a previous podcast and got his history and everything, but uh, I I think we want to know more about uh, how theater is going to survive. And John's got some thoughts on that. Yeah, let me let me set it up a little bit, Reed, so that we can. Um, be true to our purpose of sharing the principles of essential dynamics. Um, so in essential dynamics, we do talk about the quest, which I think is super cool talking to theater people. Um, and, uh, and the fact that we have to do that in the face of opposing forces. Um, and one of the things that we face on the path or this journey is opposing forces that things that are um, propelling us forward and things that are holding us back. I call those drivers and constraints. And then the other thing that's interesting is it's the people who take the journey and uh, the interesting um, conflict that I see with people is the difference between an individual kind of being true to themselves and an individual belonging to or conforming to a group. And the flip side is that is what the group needs from an individual, say in a company and, uh, and what the people need. And so all of that I think is at play when we talk about, Let's just talk very specifically about shadow theater. What are your plans for getting people back in the seats, putting the productions on the stage and what's driving you forward and what's holding you back? Like go. Yeah, Those are great questions. Oh boy, that's a good topic. Um, Well, right now. So, you know, we talked in the first episode, Derek, about um, just about treating our customers right and building those kind of relationships that were going to be uh, long lasting. And we've had subscribers, you know, I, I mentioned that when we first started off, we had 30 subscribers. Well, I bet 10 of them are still with us. Right. So, wow. And uh, yeah, so we've got, uh, got people who've been with us for a long, long time. And when we had to shut down, so we we were in the middle of the season. We had just opened a show and, uh, and, you know, the whole world shut down. We still had a lot of customers who um, had purchased tickets for the show that we had shut down and then the one that was going to come after, which was... Uh, which was brilliant. It was a yeah, brilliant show. It was actually Reed's play. <laughs> so, um, and... So what we did, we reached out to everybody. We just say, well, what would you like to do? We can offer you a refund. We can give you a tax receipt for the value of those tickets, or we can defer them. And you'd be amazed at how many people just deferred their tickets to when we started producing. And so we have a lot of people who 
So we just, we banked that money and set it aside. And, um, and so we're now uh, kind of activating again and letting all those people know, hey, this is, uh, we're back up and, and going again in January. And, uh, you know, all those tickets are, are valid. And we want to see you. And, and then, as I said in the other episode, we had, uh, you know, people who, who just said, oh, well, I have those two, but I'm going to buy another set of subscriptions. And then, you know, you give me a couple more comments on that. So we've been really just trying to be as flexible as we can with everybody because we, we really just want people to get comfortable coming back again. Uh, we have put put out a, uh, a COVID protocols for our audience. Um, they have to be double vaxxed or they have to show proof of a negative test within the last 72 hours. Everyone will be masked in the theater and uh, we'll wait down all surfaces and everything between shows. And we're only going to operate at 60% capacity for this first year. So that's the, that's the tricky part as you know, yeah, that's like the my, tricky part. my accountant uh, mind looks at that and says that, that 60% in is 40% uh, lost potential. Yeah. Um, now there's a, you're prepared to operate it that way. Yeah. Well, we are, we are. Um, and, you know, we were very frugal through the uh, pandemic and we came out the other side with a fair amount, uh, in the black. So we banked all that money knowing that we'd be in this situation, not coming out the other side of the pandemic. And, and frankly, we're hopeful that the, uh, the federal government has been, um, talking about offering a, a house subsidy. So, they would uh, top up the other 40% if at so what point we're hopeful that, that that will go through. Hey, that's yeah. a, that sounds like a great idea because if yeah. the alternative was to have 40% um, of those, like those seats filled with politicians, you'd rather, <laughs> you'd rather yeah. just take the money, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we'll see if that comes to pass, but we know that the arts is, uh, is a big part of their initial planning. So we'll, we're hopeful that that will, will happen and that they'll move forward with that. So. Now I just, I want to jump in here and I want to point out that, you know, Broadway is back, but it's uh, not nearly at capacity either in a number of houses showing a a play or a, or musical and attendance. And it's a risk on New York's part that they would have the tourism to support, uh, to support, Broadway in its previous capacities. And it was doing so well before COVID it was number one tourist attraction in America. Yeah, absolutely. It was doing so well. And yet uh, now it's, it is somewhat threatened because uh, shows have to learn how to deal and how to survive on uh, houses on, on 70% houses. Now they're not, they're not restricting the houses at all, but it, but it, a 70% house now in Broadway parlance is considered a win. Uh, they, they think they can make a profit on that. Now, uh, subscription sales across the country and U.S. and Canada uh, seem to be down. Um, how do we bring them back up to pre-COVID levels? I think we have to uh, just get people back in the theater to see that, that it's safe. 
that they will feel safe coming in and sitting uh, shoulder to shoulder. Well, and that's the 60% capacity thing initially, right? Is that our theater is big enough that you can spread out and uh, you don't have to sit shoulder to shoulder. You can have a little room. And uh, I think, I think people initially find that comforting and then we can move. Um, you know, this is just what shadows doing too. So we should explain is going right the citadel is going to 100 percent capacity with christmas carol this December. oh is it so yeah oh, it is okay I so didn't know they're that. they're just going right ahead but what we did we made a commitment to our subscribers because the the thing about theater goers there too is it's generally a plus 40 crowd right um so they you know they we just want to be solid with them and say this is what we're doing we're going to stick with that for a the full season. So you can be confident that this is what we're good. We're not going to change the rules on you halfway through or anything. We're going to say, here's our rules until the end of the 2022 season. And then we'll reassess and we'll go, we'll go forward together and we'll get your feedback and see how everybody felt. So uh, we should explain for our listeners who may not be in, in uh, local for uh, that here in Edmonton, Shadow Theater is is in the Strathcona area. Citadel is downtown. The Citadel is, yeah. has been experienced for some time, and it has two seven hundred around seven hundred yeah, seats theater, 700. and then one cabaret space with very a uh, variable seating, which I think averages around one hundred and forty, hundred and sixty. Yeah. And then uh, the Varscona, the new Varscona, holds about two hundred ish. Yeah, two two or um, four. Yeah, and uh, it would be it would be uh, a, at sixty percent capacity. Then we're only letting in what? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hey, hey John, um, I just love this customer focus. Yeah, and we're talking about it from a business point of view, which I totally get. I want to flip it around for a second. Um, what do you have to offer people? as they emerge from their cocoons, like, like what's the experience? And I'm, I, maybe I'm thinking more about the story and the, and the, um, and the productions that you put on, but is there a, is there a experience that people need or is there something that's going to change in the market because, you know, people need something? Well, you know what? That's a great question, Derek. We're, um, we're a theater. My mandate is to do theater that hits your heart and opens your mind. That's what it's always been. And we're not going to stray from that because that's what people, that's why people come to us. They're coming to see uh, stories that are going to be enlightening and engaging. And those could be comedies, dramas, musicals, whatever. But uh, I want to do plays that say something that matter. And, uh, I think there's a craving for that right now. I think people are looking for something that is substantial that speaks to them in, in some way about our our shared journey here on this planet. <laughs> so, hey, awesome. Yeah. Well, well I I, th- I think we're on the same quest then. Um, yeah. But theater is a more established way of uh, of presenting it. So let me ask uh, another question, and that is: Does it matter to have that experience with other people? Yeah, I think it does. Um, it, it is a shared communal experience, the theater. And one thing you may not know, but it's quite an interesting thing. As the production starts, as the show, the lights go down and the house comes up, 
um, the audience's heartbeats start to synchronize. So all of the heartbeats start to happen at the same time. So it's that tells us that we need to be there together, that, that we're there um, sharing this moment, which is unique to all of us at this, this very time. It just doesn't quite have the same um, sparkle to it. Well, and we've done a lot of watching in our basements for the last yeah. year and a half. <laughs> yeah. It's getting old. Yeah. And there's nothing like live, like it's a, it's a communal experience, both for the actors and the audience, right? The, the, um, the audience informs so much about what's happening in the performance on any given night, right? It's a, it's a real give and take. And that's, it's, that's what's so exciting. It really is. So. Yeah. I really admire John, you said in the previous podcast that you had uh, a personal goal of you're only allowed one failure every five years. Is that what, am I quoting you correctly on that? Yeah, that's right. One every five years. My goodness. When I was an artistic director, I, I remember once being at the border, the U S Canada border and being asked if I had ever produced a bomb. And I thought, (laughs) well, I thought he was talking about theater. And I said, of course I have, but uh, (laughs) uh, to get one, in five years, I would have, uh, I really admire that. And I have to say in the years that I have seen you produce, uh, that's, that's pretty good. That's, that's a, you're pretty, you're, you're on track, uh, for what you want to do, but there is a difference between trying to entertain 200 thoughtful people and, uh, even 700 for the Citadel, your, your, your theatrical, uh, vision has to be different for the number of people in the audience and what they want. Well, yeah. And they, they have a more, they need to be more commercial than I do. You know, it's just as simple as that. I I can take more risks with my programming than they can. And I'm really lucky. And my audience is, is really game for that, right? They're, they're interested in that and they want to come down that path with us. So, yeah. So, so John, I have another question. Um, one of the things I've learned as I've explored the, the concepts associated with essential dynamics is it's not just that um, opposition is there to be overcome. It's that we do better. We come out of it stronger um, and we can't grow without, you know, some resistance. So what good is going to come out of the challenges of the past year and a half, either for yourself or the theater or the community? Yeah, that's a great question, Derek. And I think we've, I think really that's happened through what's happened in our society over this last 18 months, right? We've had um, Black Lives Matter happen. There's more understanding of a need for inclusion and diversity. And we're taking that to heart in the theater. And we're looking for plays that kind of we, where we can incorporate more of that and be a more inclusive and welcoming space. So, uh, you know, when those challenges presented themselves, we thought we, we have to meet them in uh, kind of an open-hearted way. Yeah. And so we'll see that in... Um, right away. Right away in both yeah. the productions and the players yeah. and the audience yeah. and everything. Yeah, our first show is called The Mountaintop. It's a very well-known American play. It's played all over the world, but it's about um, Martin Luther King Jr.'s Last Night on Earth in the Memphis Hotel Room. And uh, two terrific uh, actors of color 
um, going to be on our stage to bring that off. And we're really excited about it. And that's in January. That's in January. Yeah. Get a little plug in there. Oh, no, for sure. <laughs> and tickets on our website. <laughs> Boy, I hope we have other plays there too. I, I'm looking forward to the mountaintop, but are there any Reed McCollum plays? He's great. Uh, we'll see a Reed McCollum play in uh, October of 2022. Get your tickets now. Yeah. Let's let's uh, let's just put that one out there. What's the title, Reed? The wrong people have money, and uh, isn't that an interesting topic? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really delightful play. And we've Reed and I've been working on how many years now, Reed? It's been a long time. Uh, it's been it's been 105 on my yeah, part. about 105 years. So it was supposed <laughs> to go up during the pandemic, but you know the nice thing was that okay, we got the pandemic, we can't do it, so we took a little more time to work to do some more work on it. And I think that's been really useful. I eh, Oh, I'm, I'm very happy with it. Now. So, so I, I watched the reading. Oh, did you? Oh, great. You guys yeah. held, that's when we first yeah. met John. It's just, yeah, I was right. just yelling at my right, TV. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so um, what's going to be different with a live production? Like how much better will it be than what I experienced? Oh, um, do you want to answer that, Reed? Yeah, I think you'll be more connected. I think yeah. you'll be you'll find yourself more involved in the story, and uh, and there will be a slightly different ending. But yeah. uh, that's that's because I somebody's asked me to, to include a ballet of water buffalo. So you know, it, it's just part of it comes organically from the plot. It's one of these <laughs> one of these improv games that you guys yeah. play. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, we, so, we have actually. I, I think it'll just. I think it's going to be more engaging. You know, yeah. like it, it's a Zoom reading like that is fun, and it gives the audience a little kind of sneak peek. But it's not the same thing as seeing a full blown production. So yeah. Oh, well, I think, uh, I think John, you're on a mission. Um, really appreciate, uh, really appreciate it. So I think, and we just have a few minutes left, but what I'd like to do is maybe get your advice. Um, people path and purpose drivers and constraints, um, you know, opposition, conflict, personal growth. Uh, what have you learned in like, in all that, in all that, That's a um, lot. like, what advice does the the player and the director in you have for people when they're trying to apply that thing, which, you know, you can script and play out on a stage. What do you have advice do you have for people in their own lives dealing with these, uh, these very few factors really that kind of pattern our lives? Well, you know, I think the, the number one thing is uh, be true to yourself. Right. Um, understand who you are and what you have to offer and be passionate about that. And don't listen to the naysayers. There's always going to be people who tell you, you can't do that. You can't do that. It's just like, yeah, I, I can do that. <laughs> you know? I, I said early on, you have to be stubborn. You really do. You have to be stubborn. You have to keep going. And even when things don't go your way, you have to just say, okay, what can we learn from that? How can we move forward and uh, keep going and get better? You know, because this is the one thing that I, I kind of have little mantras in my own life. What did I learn today? Just something could be anything. How did I expand my knowledge? Um, 
did I meet the the day with positivity and an open heart? And uh, you're not always successful with that, but you try to do that. Was I honest in all my dealings? Because I think that's a fundamental thing. You have to be honest with everybody. And uh, did we do our best? Right? Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> John, you, you mentioned, I think, last time that mentors were a big part of your journey. I can only imagine how many people would automatically go to the name John Hudson as their mentor, and maybe some of which you don't even know about. Is that right, Reed? Absolutely. I am a better writer and a better actor for knowing John. And I was really good before I met him. So uh, <laughs> that's. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Very kind of you to say, Reed. <laughs> well, and I'll tell you something actually that we're doing, which is really fun is we actually have uh, started a artistic director mentorship program here at the theater. And we're training over the next few years to train three young women uh, in the art of um, leadership in the arts community. So well, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wish we had scads of time because I so enjoy you, John. Thank you no, very thank much you, for Ray. joining us today yeah. and uh, making essential dynamics real in a very, in a very practical way. I, uh, I'm grateful to both you and Derek, to all my Hudsons, to uh, to teach me and uh, and guide and be my mentors. Uh, John, if somebody needs to get hold of you or wants to talk more about theater and the business thereof, where would they go? Yeah, they can email me at uh, director at shadowtheater.org. That's the best way to get a hold of me. Okay, and theater is R-E, right? That's just the way you're supposed to spell it. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, if people want to get hold of you about Essential Dynamics, where do they go? Uh, DerekHudson.ca, and that Derek is with one R, and that's how you're that's, supposed to spell it. <laughs> Even though that's not how my parents spelled it on my birth certificate. Oh, really? Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, we, oh. we, fixed, we fixed that up later when I taught them how to spell my name. Oh, yeah. good. <laughs> As a pretty cheeky six-year-old, but that's a story for another time. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, for Bryn Griffiths in the studio, Derek Hudson is my guru here in, and also my mentor and teacher uh, here in Essential Dynamics. John Hudson was our special guest. I'm Reed McCollum, your very handsome host. And until next time, please consider your quest. Mm -hmm.